0: Hey, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. Hey, we talk a lot on the podcast about how to reduce nervousness and become a better presenter. However, one of the biggest, biggest parts of making a speech is the ability to create presentations that, number one... The audience likes and wants to hear. And then number two are interesting and easy to understand. So on this episode, I'm going to show you my secret sauce to designing fun and interesting presentations. This little secret, by the way, will add humor to your speech and also make highly technical content way easier for your audience to understand. Interestingly, the technique is really only secret because so few presenters use these items in their speeches. However, the process is taught in just about every literature class in the world. The episode by the way is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com so if you're looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear and become a more persuasive speaker, we've got two-day classes coming up in Charlotte, Las Vegas, Chicago, Kansas City, Dallas, Columbus, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Nashville, Sacramento, San Diego, Detroit, Minneapolis, Miami, Washington D.C., Boston, and Salt Lake City. By the way, the full schedule of classes. is back for the first time since the pandemic. It's on our website at www.fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. So I teased the topic a little bit in the opening, basically the real secret sauce to designing really, really good presentations are metaphors, similes, analogies. Really, the big one, though, is the analogies, although metaphors and similes can be used. Now, just so you know, I I, I like to think of myself as a pretty decent speaker and a pretty good writer. Uh, Even with all that being said, though, I always hated in the English class, when they were asking me to describe what these three things were, because all three of these things seemed really similar to me and they were kind of confusing to me. It was basically just the same thing, same word for, or different words for the same items, anyway. So, um, I'm, I'm going to spend the first, like, I don't know, three or four minutes just kind of explaining what each one of those different types of 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 uh, items are and how you can kind of use them through your presentation. And we're going to spend the rest of the time showing you how, if you insert some of these things into the presentation, it'll make you a much, much, much better speaker. Uh, so let's kind of first start off with what these things are. Metaphors, similes, analogies, what, what in the heck is the difference between these things? So the, the first one we're going to talk about is a simile. That's a figure of speech comparing two unlike things that are used with a word like, like, or as that's used to compare those two things. So example would be, you know, her, her stare was as cold as ice. When he's angry, he's like an erupting volcano. The department is like a teenager doing chores. All right. So that's, that's a simile with, with, with the like and as metaphors are really, really similar, but without the like and as. So it's, it's, um it's a, it's a figure of speech, where the word or phrase is literally denoting that one thing is another <laughs> so basically the the same examples used in a metaphor would be her icy stare said it all his erupting anger is a little scary. The department's teenager work ethic rarely accomplishes anything. And the analogy, that's the one that we use a whole lot more in presenting because it can add some real fun and energy to your presentation. You can get the audience laughing and thinking differently about something. But that's a comparison of two otherwise unlike things based on a resemblance of a particular aspect. With an analogy, one aspect of the two items are being compared, but there's often a a logical inference that the other aspects are also similar. So analogies tend to be more complicated than similes or metaphors. So those same three things that I mentioned before, I'll give you them in an analogy format. So when I say something that is inappropriate, My wife is like a submarine. Her eyes shoot out a sonar-like signal, and it bounces off my hard head. And then later, I can expect an incoming torpedo. (laughs) Or the second one. He's kind of like a volcano. Most of the time, he's calm and mild-mannered. But when he gets angry, he erupts. Or the third one. That department's work ethic is like a teenager cleaning the garage. (laughs) Things get moved around a lot, but nothing ever gets accomplished. So the cool thing about this is that a good analogy will often start with a simple simile or sometimes metaphor. And because of that, it will allow you to use a simile in in a title or in a bullet in your presentation and then use humor to develop the analogy as content. So in this episode, I'm going to give you five ways to use similes, metaphors, and analogies to add flavor to your presentation. So the first way that you can do this is as an attention getter. So basically, you basically can add attention to your title, to your bullets, or to any part of your presentation for that matter. The second thing it will do is add humor, especially to dry presentations. Number three is it, if you use a single comparison, Throughout the presentation, you can add these these fun items throughout the presentation to make it really kind of come to life. Number four, you can use them to clarify content. And then five, you can make technical content way, way, way easier to understand. So let's start with number one, using these things as attention getters, especially in titles and bullet points. So these things are, you can often use, especially similes and metaphors, to make your presentation title bullet points way more interesting so on a whim by the way i looked up the best-selling non-fiction books of the last few decades so this is like 30 40 50 years or so right three of the top five best-selling books in the last 15 year, 50 years had uh, either similes or metaphors in their title. So three of the five, right? The number two book is a book called In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. Now, obviously, the criminal who the book is about had blood that is the same temperature as our blood. So the title is a metaphor. So it creates an emotion in the reader. The number three book is by Maya Angelou. It's an autobiography called I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Now, Angela is is creating an analogy between herself, her tough childhood, and a caged bird. And then finally, the number four book is Fast Food Nation, The Dark Side of an American Meal by Eric Schlosser. Now, the author of this book is using an alliteration from Star Wars as a metaphor for the way that we eat in the, the modern era. So the great thing about these titles is that They use very, very few words to create an emotional impact. And in some cases, they also add a slight bit of humor. By the way, this leads us to another major benefit. Benefit number two of using some of these metaphors and analogies. A good analogy can add humor to a dry presentation Uh, Let's face it, most presentations, especially the ones that are delivered in the business world, are really, really, really boring and very few are laced with natural humor. However, if you add an analogy or a metaphor every once in a while, you can actually add some fun and humor to even the driest of subjects. I'll give you an example from a coaching session that I did with with Capital One executives many years ago. So, One of the young managers that was in the class created a presentation about how two departments were working on the same project. And neither of those two departments was actually in charge of the project. I mean, they both had responsibility for it, but neither one of them was in charge. And as a result, they experienced a lot of miscommunication during this this process. So the departments communicated well with each other within their groups but neither of them were communicating outside of the of of their own group to the other department so the the woman the executive kind of said that it's like when she and her boyfriend decided to share a single bank account Basically, her boyfriend was keeping track of his purchases and she was keeping track of her purchases. However, no one was keeping track of both purchases together. And of course, the audience kind of laughed because as the story unfolded, she made it more and more funny. But interestingly, the the more different the items are that you're comparing the more fun the comparison becomes. Because th- this story is really funny because departments doing a project together is in no way like a boyfriend and a girlfriend moving in with each other. <laughs> I mean, that and the the story in and of itself is, is pretty funny. So basically, just by inserting a couple of these things throughout your presentation can add strategic humor throughout especially a long, dry presentation. And by the way, if you use a little bit of creativity, the third thing that you can do with these things is take a single comparison and then develop that comparison throughout the presentation to add fun throughout the entire speech. For instance, um, this is, this can be a little bit more challenging, but if you pull it off, your presentation can be really, really memorable and fun. For instance, I was hired to deliver a keynote speech for a convention with the with the theme of the convention was prepare for liftoff and as a result I created a custom speech where I created a I compared setting strategic corporate goals to an airline pilot flying across the country so the steps that I outlined in the the goal setting keynote were Basically, number one, start with with training and skill development so that you're more likely to accomplish your goals. Number two, create a written plan of action. Number three, look for potential obstacles that may slow your progress. Number four, set milestones along the way. And then number five, take corrective action when a challenge occurs. And then after I had the the outline, once I created that that five-step process, I used an airplane analogy. All the way through the speech. Like for instance, in step one, that's like going getting training is like going to flight school, right? It's like it's like getting training up front. And then once you go through flight school and you have your first flight, you need to create a flight plan. And then once you create the plan, you want to check to see if there's any obstacles, check the weather map and make sure that you have extra fuel. And then finally, once you actually start the the uh, the flight, you want to f- follow the the um the flight flight towers along the route. And then the fifth step was make course corrections because the wind's going to blow you off track and that kind of thing. So so you're not it's going to be very difficult to stay on the same path you're going to have to make those course corrections so i basically delivered every bullet point and gave kind of real life examples of why each step was important and i also tied that step into the cross country flight analogy and it was a fun way to tie my my content into the theme of that meeting and it worked beautifully so the fourth thing that analogies and metaphors can do is they can they can offer evidence to clarify content that you have in your presentation. So these comparisons have a ton of really positive fa- effects on a presentation. However, one thing that you have to keep in mind is that an analogy by itself is actually Terrible evidence. So you need to kind of use the analogy along with some other piece of evidence. The two pieces of evidence together will kind of work really well to liven up your presentation. But if you just use the analogy, it kind of falls flat. It kind of, in fact, it can be a, a little fluffy. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I heard a famous motivational speaker on stage at a conference that I was at. And one of the points that he made was that the business world was constantly changing. So to get ahead, you have to constantly change as well. So to reinforce the point, he told kind of a funny story about Albert Einstein. And the the story kind of goes something like this. He said a nervous teaching assistant approached Albert Einstein after the great physicist had mistakenly given the same final exam two consecutive classes. And basically the assistant said, hey, Dr. Einstein, it appears as though you gave the class, this class, the exact same questions on their final that you did last semester. Doesn't that concern you? And Einstein thought for a second, and then he responded. He says, yes, the questions are exactly the same. However, now the answers are different. And of course, when the speaker kind of told the story, he told it very, very well, a lot better than probably I did. And, and of course, the audience kind of laughs. However, once that speaker kind of went off the stage, it, it kind of hit me that once he made that funny kind of anecdote or story, he just moved on to the next point. He he, he didn't he didn't actually prove that his point was true, because I'm thinking in the back of my mind, how in the world does phys, a physics test or a physics test answers in the 1950s have anything to do with technology changes in the business world right now today? And the answer to that question is, well, nothing. They don't have anything to do. So all the speaker would have had to have done, by the way, is use an easy-to-find statistic or story about how fast the business world is changing today. So just to kind of prove the point, I went to Google and just did a quick little search, and I found a quote from Adobe saying that the iPhones that we have right now in our pockets are 5,000 times the computing power of any supercomputer from the 1980s. It would prove as well. All we had to do is just say that and then tell the Einstein story. And the two of those things worked really, really well. So keep in mind that analogies when used with solid proof or or some type of evidence, they work really, really well. But when, they, when you use them by themselves, and yeah, they're going to make your presentation kind of fluffy. So it'd be kind of like feeding sugar-free jello to a starving person. I mean that person's going to devour that treat, but because the dessert doesn't have any real nutrition, it's not really going to help a lot. See what I did there? I just put in a really cool little metaphor analogy in there. Mm -hmm. Yep. So number five, the big thing that analogies can do for you is make really technical presentation content way, way, way easier to understand. The more technical your presentation is, the more analogies are going to help you. The more of these things that you're going to need in your presentation. And now, obviously, you're probably going to need some facts and figures and statistics to teach your audience about a technical or a complex topic. However, wordy explanations will often just confuse audience. The more you talk about the technical stuff the more likely the somebody in the audience and maybe a lot of the people in the audience are going to get confused. But good analogies can really, really help. For instance, you know, people often come through our presentation classes to, to help them fix or eliminate a symptom of public speaking fear versus fixing the real problem. The actual public speaking fear. <laughs> For instance, they think that they may think, "Hey, well, I speak too fast, and so I want you to slow me down." Or I, I lose my train of thought when I'm in front of a group, so I need you. I need you to help me with that specific thing. Or I say "um" too often. Now, each of those concepts is really, really just a symptom of the bigger underlying problem. So, treating the symptom doesn't really work unless you er- eliminate the root cause you have to eliminate the nervousness. You eliminate the nervousness, all of the symptoms go away, right? For instance, I took a presentation class in college and the graduate assistant who taught the class would basically critique each one of us after our presentation. We get up in front of the group, and she'd kind of tell us what we did wrong, so that we could kind of correct it. And my first presentation was okay, and I, I actually got an A on the on the first presentation. But then the teacher told me that I said um seven times, and she asked me to work on that. So the next presentation, that's what I did. I focused on not saying um. I focused less time on the actual speech, <laughs> focused more times on not saying um, and I ended up saying um twice as many times this second time and then did even worse the, the third time. Basically, I was focusing on the symptom and she was getting me to focus on the symptom, not the overall root cause. And as a result, it kind of made me worse. Um, the, the, a good analogy would be like if you were, uh, let's say, for instance, your check engine light comes on on your car, but well, you can crawl underneath the dashboard and snip the, the electrical line that goes to the light. However, the engine problem is still going to be there and eventually that problem is going to get bigger and more expensive to correct. So if you just try to reduce the uhs or slow down when you speak, you're you're basically just making the light go off. You're not actually fixing the engine problem. So basically just kind of keep in mind that those are five really simple things that you can use, uh, ways that you can use analogies and metaphors and similes in your presentation. And when you do, you're gonna add some flavor to that presentation masterpiece. So sprinkle a few of these devices every now and then and, and that's gonna spice up that bland speech. And if you do that, your audience is going to want more from you. All right. Thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentation. See you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.